Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of the Vintage Matches Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Johnson. On each episode of this podcast, I will pick a sporting event from history and examine it through today's lenses. For today's show, we will break down Game 7 of the 1996 Western Conference Finals between the Utah Jazz and the Seattle Supersonics. I say we because I am joined by a guest today, but we'll get to that later. A little bit of background on these two teams heading into this game. The Sonics went 64-18 and in the regular season, second only to the 72-10 and Bulls. Both Gary Payton and Sean Kemp made the All-NBA second team, with Payton also being named Defensive Player of the Year. George Carl was the head coach for Seattle and had been since midway through the 91-92 season. The Jazz were the number three seed heading into the playoffs after going 55-27 and in the regular season. Carl Malone was named to the All-NBA first team, while John Stockton was on the All-NBA second team. Jerry Sloan had been the Utah head coach since the 88-89 season. These two teams were a bit of a mirror of each other, an established coach, excellent physical point guards, and superstar power forwards. Seattle easily beat the Sacramento Kings 3-1 in their opening round series and then swept aside the two-time defending champion Houston Rockets in the second round with a 4-0 sweep. Utah needed five games to beat Portland in the first round. Remember, this is best of five back at this uh, time in the playoffs, before beating the San Antonio Spurs with a rookie Tim Duncan 4-2 in the second round. This set up our Jazz vs. Sonics Western Conference Finals. Seattle destroyed Utah by 30 in Game 1, then won a much closer affair in Game 2 to take a 2-0 series lead. Utah dominated Game 3 in Salt Lake City behind 20 points each from Carl Malone and Jeff Hornacek. Seattle then put a stranglehold on the series by winning Game 4, 88-86. The Sonics had a chance to close out the series at home, but Utah gritted out a 98-95 overtime victory to force a Game 6. The Jazz then forced a Game 7 with a blowout win, 118-83 back at home. This set up our game of focus for today. So come back with us to June 2nd, 1996 at Key Arena in Seattle for Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals between the Utah Jazz and the Seattle Supersonics. Okay, so like I teased in the intro here, we do have a guest for this episode and is someone who's joined me on one of our uh, Euro episodes. That was Euro 2012 you joined me. So this is my brother, Austin Johnson, who is back. So uh, yeah, Austin, go ahead and introduce yourself. How's it going? Yeah, um, <clears throat> definitely a basketball and soccer. Uh, that's kind of our main thing, bonding as brothers <clears throat> and this this idea to do uh do the kind of a 25th anniversary we just kind of came up with uh while on the phone and i was really excited because i love i love watching 90s games with uh intent with incentive to to give thoughts about uh how i think about it now and then how, how i would think i would if i were my age then you know and it's a completely different perspective uh because i was one year old well yeah i was gonna say real quick talk about, <laughs> i actually have that on here i said uh talk about where we were when this game happened I was one yeah. so yeah you were born what january of 95 i Correct. guess yes. yeah and so this match there this match this game is taking place in june of 96 so yeah you're just what 15 months old something like that so, exactly yeah, 17 months old um i was i would have been five years old at the time i was born in november of 1990 so uh but this is the point where i was really getting into basketball i had mm -hmm. my first basketball season I guess it would have been that kind of 95, 96 season. I played in this church league team in the winter and I was really getting into it. I you know, started collecting like Michael Jordan cards. And so I definitely knew kind of what was going on. And there was this like early passion there game. for it. Yes. I went to the all-star game in 96. It was in San Antonio. Well, I went to the Saturday night stuff. I didn't go yeah. to the game, but it was in San Antonio in 1996. And so <laughs> well, my one of the cooler all-star logos. Ever. Oh yeah, definitely. And the jerseys too. Yeah. yeah the, the kind of like teal and white with a little pepper, a little San Antonio. Exactly, yeah. Very yeah. fiesta themed. Um, and a few of these guys were in that all-star game as we'll get to oh, yeah. later. But yeah, so that's kind of where I was when this happened. And I, I actually had never watched this game in full. I'd seen some clips from this series, but mm -hmm. um, I do love watching old games too. And I don't, I like watching them again, like you said, with like for a reason there's like, Oh, I have to talk about this later or I'm making notes about this uh, rather than just straight entertainment. Well, um, cause, cause, although I do do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. And, and I don't want to say like, Oh, you only should watch things. You know, if you're going to be on a podcast, that's stupid. You, you should do it for your own enjoyment, but it really, 
there's something to like rewarding yourself with conversating, whether it is on a podcast or not, or just if you're someone young like me or you, and you're talking to guys who, who were, you know, in their twenties or thirties during the nineties, it's good to have actual, an actual uh, opinion on what happened and not just be like Jordan, 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 but you like, no, like horny and, and, uh, Della shrimp and Ernie Johnson, all these guys. It's important to watch all those guys to get an actual perspective, just like you do with, you know, the Clippers jazz game last night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, like you made a good point there. Like don't just rely on like the last dance to be your only, exactly. your only version of the nineties NBA. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's a good key. Like a lot of the kids I coach, like, you know, the only thing they know about nineties NBA is Jordan and the bulls and the last dance. And that would be like a kid. Yeah. That would be like a kid, uh, you know, like later on 20 years from now, not knowing about Damian Lillard. It's like, just cause he didn't win and stuff like didn't right, win championships. Right. That's bullshit. He's a great player plays on these really consistent teams. He, he should be remembered. Yeah. And that, that's people want to remember the nineties and eighties as, bird magic jordan and just the dream team or whatever and it's that's just bullshit there's so much to it and while it was dominated by a individual athlete who happens to be maybe the best to ever play there are some really good players and some really cool teams from that era yeah i I think during this euros project that i was doing i i said in the intro of one of them i said the reason i'm doing this podcast is to like try to find the tactical trends that led to where we are today. So like, that's the same thing for this, right? And then watching a basketball game, watching some of the strategic tough stuff, which led to where we are today and then spotlight the coaches, teams, players who might otherwise have been forgotten. Right. That's a huge reason. And give context. That's one of the three things I wanted to do um, when I started this podcast. And I think this game is like the first NBA game we're doing. So we're giving a little more background maybe than we normally would, but I think that's important because that's a big reason why I watch some of this old stuff is to remember like, Oh, this is where we came from. I like history stuff. I like, you know, just like life, not just like in sports, but I love sports history. Um, we kind of see the greats before and how we got to today, you know, um, George Mike and walked so that LeBron James could run, you know? So like, I think, yes. I, I think we have to like acknowledge that stuff and like, remember it and talk about it. And if nobody else is going to do it, well then I'll do it. So that's why we're doing this podcast. Um, so general thoughts from you on like the teams, like the, obviously we'll talk about the game, you know, the game itself and like the game yeah. at the time, what the, what the actual game of basketball looked like at the time, but the, the teams as we kind of entered this, I get, in the intro, I talked about just kind of where they'd been in the playoffs leading up to it that, you know, we had, uh, yeah. The two Sonic stars were both on All NBA second team. The, okay. Carl uh, Malone was on All NBA first team. Stockman was on All NBA second team. So these are four of the better ten best players in the league at the time, for sure. Um, and then on the other side is the the Bulls sweep the Magic, right, to get right. to the finals. And, and this, yeah, this is this is difficult. I have so many thoughts uh, as I was watching the game last night. I have so many thoughts that just rush about cu- cultural stuff, you know, the production of it. But the the, the two teams themselves. When I just looked at them on paper, I, I just didn't think they were that like full of teams. Not a lot of real depth. No. And you look at the minutes played, and you're like, oh man, you know, yeah. <laughs> all the starters played 40 minutes or more, and it, there's there's not a lot of uh, like weapons off the bench. Where I, I hate to just straight up compare it to now, but when I watch like the Atlanta Hawks, like the eighth guy kind of can do a lot of different things with the ball, and this this is this is way way different where you do have a clear, these two guys are way better than everybody on the team. Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, Carl Malone and John Stockton, like way better. And it's, it's pretty apparent. Like, even if you didn't know that and you started watching, you'd be like, Oh, John Stockton's bringing the ball up and shooting like 
you know, pull up threes and Gary Payton's doing all this different stuff. You would know it right away. Yeah. These four guys are much better than everybody else in the court. Well, and that, and that is very rare for this era, right? So look at the final four teams. If you look at the East teams. You have Jordan and Pippen on one side, Pip, Penny and Shaq on the other side. Yeah. Those are the only four teams in the league that have two genuine Just stars on their team. Superstars. Like, I mean, there's some teams that have, you know, a couple good players, but like that good, that they're that good. You know, these, mm-hmm. you know, but all four final four teams. So my point in saying that is this is a part, I don't want this to be entirely a podcast about like comparing it to today. Like, yeah, this does, yeah. Again, it's partly honoring the actual players that played then, Correct. right? But there is, it, it needs to be said, right? The reason the NBA is like this is because of expansion in the late eighties. And then the last bit of expansion, which comes this season, 95, 96 with the Toronto and Vancouver teams coming into play and another expansion draft. So that's why you're seeing this lack of depth because the league is just thinning out and we don't have this like huge wave of international players coming in mm. to fill out the rosters that we like we have now. So to me, yeah, I, I think the biggest difference is not in the top two players. Like these, these it's are great three players. Through it's three yeah. through eight. Yeah. Yes. Where you see yeah. from like the Hawks, there's like three through eight are very good. Exactly. Whereas these teams it's like, man, it falls off dramatically, you know, like from, from that. And three, maybe for each team, you know, Shrimp, I would say Shrimp and Hornacek would be, you know, kind of guys number three. Yeah, each. they've got stuff they're to solid. Offer. They're yeah. solid, but they're not like, you know, Tobias Harris even. Like, I mean, Tobias Harris is like, uh, this yeah. season yeah. is better than either of those guys at that point in their career. Agreed. Detlef had some really nice seasons. Yeah. Moment. But yeah, yeah I, I just think like, this is not, these teams are just nowhere near. I mean, this is a team that won 64 games. Yes. The, the Sonics. Like, this, this is the final four teams. The second yeah. best team yeah. in, in the NBA, the second best record in the NBA. I mean, one of the better, best records ever. And we're, we're sitting here saying, like, man, their sixth man is just like nowhere near as good as the sixth man of, yeah. you know, of like these five seeds from today's NBA. So from the East, I think that's yeah. where we see the biggest difference in, in kind of like the game and just how much deeper the talent is. Like, I think because everybody's playing 40 minutes, maybe it doesn't show as much that's like, oh, there's actually this big gap between talent level of today and, and yesterday. But I think, yeah, the depth, the, the fact that, that those starters have to play so many minutes. Yes. You know, whereas today, they don't have to because there's guys who can come in and actually do a job, you know, like do a really good job. So um, let's, let's go ahead and get to the game. Um, we watched, I think we watched this on two different, it was the same broadcast, but it was on two different channels. I watched one that the quality wasn't quite as good, but it was a, a, a the kind of full, full game. Yeah. It was a little bit longer. Of a, I think it was a two hour uh, window of mine. And then you're, you watched it on a different one, right? Mine was an hour 58. Yeah, okay, it was yeah. a little bit better. I actually started watching the one you did and I, the quality was like, bothering me a bit and, I, and then i changed the other one that wasn't that much better yeah but it was an nba tv production so it, it was cleaned up a bit the commercials were ridiculous yeah <laughs> as you can okay so mine didn't have commercials at all this see yeah this had the nba tv commercials from like 2005 okay <laughs> so it, yeah, yeah it was rough well, like almost infomercial looking. Yeah, yeah and 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 then that's another thought i had I, you know i was watching with with brianna my fiance someone you have gotten to know pretty well and she was just kind of laughing at why are they playing like slow rock to these Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan highlights on an NBA TV commercial. Yeah. I was like, well, they didn't, they didn't know how to market at that, <laughs> that time. That was the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and then 96 even. I mean, yeah, like the intro. So let's get into the intro because I thought oh, NBC, brilliant. I mean, NBC, their production, it's not just like nostalgic. Like, it's great. Like, yeah. it's yeah. great for 96 standards, but it's like it's also great for right now. I just think like they kill it with this stuff. Like, yes. Like the intros, the written intro. So it's Greg Gumbel that does the call for this match. And Bill Walton. Yeah. yeah, Bill Walton, Steve Steve Jones, Steve Snapper. And then Amad Rashad's on the sideline. Yes. Yeah. And the and the written intro by Gumbel is so good. Like it's it's yes. like, it's dramatic, but also not way over the top. Like it's just like it sets the stage. I think that's really they cool. They put a they put a did they show that like newspaper clipping where yes. it's like yes. Sonic's guts or uh, whatever out on the floor or something like that. Yes. I was, this is great. I love this because and this is something I noticed right off the bat too, is how engaged the fans are because they don't have fucking phones. Yeah. That's yeah. something I always think about when I watch uh, older games, you know, pre 2000, whatever. It, people are just watching the court. Yeah. Yeah. They're j- like, you simply have to be engaged to be entertained or have fun. And now when you watch there, there are a lot of people on their phones, yeah, like in the like middle, in the the middle yeah. of the games. It's just, it's just different. And, and of course I prefer, I prefer the one without phones. Me where too. It's just, 
I would love if everybody like had the honesty policy, you know, like just put it in their pocket and like let's let's Im- for two and a half hours. Let's immerse. Always, let's yeah. immerse ourselves into this kind of cultural event, especially at, in Key Arena in Seattle. I was this is just dope. Like, yeah, it's clearly a, a very big day for the city. Yeah, and 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 the fans are yeah, it, it's totally packed. You know, like way before we tip off, like. They're going crazy. I have those little yellow, you know, balloons things. But what did you think of the, they actually, I love it. They actually, they do this in the finals a lot now, but they actually throw to the PA announcer and they actually broadcast the intros. Yes. Which is like so cool. I mean, they do that, like I said, in the finals now, but for a game seven of the conference finals, like it included in the broadcast. I thought that was really cool. And I thought like it was really well done. It was like very 96, but I like the Sonics like little intro thing. And, like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, the crowd is With the Sasquatch. Yeah. Yes. That Sasquatch mascot. Comes from the ceiling. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And, and and then they have uh, what's his name? Do the let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. Michael Buffer. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. What they bring the him in. Yeah. So no, I was like, I mean, as the game started, I was like, let's go. I was yeah, like, this is yeah. awesome. Like Fast. I was so hyped for this. And then the game starts and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and and then also the just the difference in how players just look like John Stockton, they show him getting off the bus and he's just wearing khakis and a pink, a pink polo <laughs> or that, that part where Hersey Hawkins is like kissing his kids. Yes. Or he's just like in like business casual. Yeah. Yes. Just looks like a boys to men member. Yeah. And then, and then uh, George Carl, they show him talking just about, uh, Oh, you know, cause they were up, they were up three, one and then the jazz win game five yeah, and yeah. game six to force it to game seven. And he's talking about, Oh, the, and he's wearing this badass North Carolina hat. Yes. I was like, that is so yeah. cool. Fucking Carl. I really, I've always really liked his, like just his persona. Uh, and then of course he, I like being a Spurs fan. He uh, coached against us quite a bit with that Nuggets team. Yep. So I was just very fond of him. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, he was an underrated coach. I just picked yes. him in our, in our draft recently. But yeah, yeah, uh, okay, so to, to finally set the stage for the actual game itself, the Jazz starters for this game were uh, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek, Felton Spencer, and Chris Morris. And for the Sonics, it was Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Detlef Schrempf, Hersey Hawkins, and Irvin Johnson. Mm. Um, okay, so real quick before we get to the game, Irvin Johnson and Felton Spencer would never get on the court in today's game. Like, no. I mean, they barely play in this game. They Like, I think, what, uh, let's see. Irvin Johnson plays 11 minutes and Felton Spencer plays 13. I think they just get, I mean, it's like, okay, they're just not effective. I mean, uh, Irvin would be like, yeah, I don't even know if there's a comparison. No, yeah, he would just he be so the last skill. guy yeah. on the bench. Yeah. So little skill. And Felton Spencer too. Just like the, the way like Roy Hibbert just got ran out of the league. Yeah. Like that would happen to him. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Irvin Johnson, 11 minutes, 0 for 3, 0 points, 1 rebound. You know, Oof. I mean, just no impact at all in the game. Felton Spencer, 13 minutes, 1 for 1, 2 points. And one rebound. Yeah. yeah. Just again, yeah. These, you're starting centers for these teams who are like, you know, obviously really good teams. Um, just, yeah, no impact at all. And so it's like, yeah, you're starting a guy who just can't even, can barely play, can barely stay on the court. So let's get into the game. Um, I thought the first half, the refs at the tone really early, calling a couple travels and offensive fouls and then even illegal defense in the first like three minutes. Yeah. yeah the like, travel, oh, I was okay. like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. That was a difference because there's actually a few travels called in this game. I was like, oh, that, they just want to let that go today. You know, like yeah. that was oh, definitely yeah. a difference. But um, I thought the Sonics had a more modern looking offense than most teams from this era. Guys actually spaced the floor because they actually had some guys who could really shoot. And plus, the three point line is closer. These yes. two years, so from '94 to '96, the three-point line was a little bit closer. And the NBA, that was the NBA's attempt to get teams to shoot more, um, which really, in hindsight, all they needed was just everybody hire analytic uh, specialists, and then they would shoot more. But yeah, it really does like it does open the game a little bit more in those two seasons. But for the '96 '97 season, it does go back to the current uh, 23-9, which is what is that today? So yeah, you do see the signs are actually spaced out like a like a I mean, not as wide maybe like guys in the corners and stuff like that as a modern offense, but there are at least like spotting up behind the three-point line. Yes. Know? Yeah, and, and and I was yeah I was very curious about that. I'm always curious about three point shooting uh, in games, and I think they both make seven. And I think one team, I think Sonics shoot twenty of them, and the Jazz shoot fourteen, I believe, or something like that. And it, and that that is like 
the biggest thing as a, as someone who you know when you watch games consistently today, you're just you're always wondering, like, could they have could they have just scored more? Well, yeah, the Jazz it, shot seven for fourteen, seven like fifty percent yeah. three. Yeah, shoot and, more. and of yeah. course Utah now is shooting forty of them a game. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it just At makes least. you yeah. it makes you it makes you think like how how much better could have Stockton been with that little yeah. bit more space or you know. Uh, so Stockton, guys, well, Stockton hits those two threes early man, on. And he, on the pull-up, pull Gary Payton doesn't even try to close out. Like, I he know. Just like, oh, you can have that. And it's like, man, today's game, I mean, guys are picking people up at like half court because yeah. they don't want them to shoot. Like, so, yeah, it just makes me think about Stockton. Like, yeah. he, this guy's got a really cool resume, really great career. But I, I, I wonder if he's actually better than his stats show, which is so crazy to think about. Yeah, because his stats are amazing. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I thought those two threes were, like, really indicative. Of, like, oh, man, like, that, like, he wouldn't get away. He wouldn't be able to shoot those. He'd be crowded, you know, and, like, he'd have to yeah. find somebody else. Or, yeah. Or he hit or shoot those from deeper out or whatever. But yeah, I was shocked. He's, he just like walked up to the three point line, just let it fly, drilled mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that was funny. So the game, uh, score was tied at twenty one after the first quarter. Uh, do you have anything else on the first quarter before we move on to the second? No, no, I don't. Just the, those those initials, that initial shock. Whenever you watch a nineties game, you're just like, damn, these guys are bowling each other down yeah. low. And I, I, I for one, really, really like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think it it's definitely more physical, like like on the perimeter and stuff like that. They're starting to clean that up a little bit, but it's like. I, it's funny. It's, people look back and like, oh, like the NBA is soft now, like like the '90s and stuff like that. It's like it's really not that much more physical. Like, no, no. Like this game was like a, a pretty physical game. The rest were pretty whistle happy. It's Sean Kemp and Carmelo. Yeah, but it's like just, it's not like they're just murdering each other. I mean, no, it's no. really not that much different. It's really like, competitive. Yeah. And so yeah, I thought the second quarter, like I said already, it's too whistle happy. There's so little flow. It was the worst quarter of the game. I thought like this, the first six minutes like just crawled by. I was like hitting the fast forward on all the free throws and stoppages and stuff like that. Um, and I thought the the Carmelo free throw counter that like. The little thing they put on the on the screen, this like graphic, was hilarious. Which is just like Giannis today. Exactly. Except Carmelo was actually getting them off before ten. Giannis takes like 12, 13 seconds every and single I, time. I really like Carmelo's uh, stroke. He just yeah. Clearly, it's a mental thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, because some of the ones he just drill. Yeah, like it's nothing. Uh, both teams like li- tried to live in the paint in that second quarter, and then mostly succeeded. But that's why there were so many fouls too, right? Guys are just like hammering each other. Yeah, just um, pulling each other down. And also, yeah. it, a big difference too is how many teams are chasing offensive rebounds. Yep. Where that's like so few teams do that today. Which yeah, just that was crashing. A big yeah. yeah. And so everybody has to box out. It's just like a very different style. But uh, Seattle led 44-41 at halftime. Uh, in the second half, Dallas Shrimp hit the first couple of shots of the third quarter, and I'm surprised they didn't try to play through him a little bit more. He uh, had a mismatch almost every single time. My biggest down. biggest yeah. complaint about yeah. Yeah, no, he's so size. good. I mean, he's 6'10", and he can has like range like all the way out to the three-point line. Like He could have posted up. He had like, a nice little turnaround at one point. Like, I don't crafty. understand why they didn't play through him more often. I mean, he could have had a much bigger game if they really wanted to. But uh, there's a much better pace to the third quarter. Uh, Brian, Brian Russell checked in for Chris Morris early mm. early in that third quarter, and he made an immediate, immediate impact, and that was it for Chris Morris. He was done for the rest of the yes. game. Well, he never he, came back in. He was yeah, terrible. Yikes. I mean, he had an awful, awful game. And that's one of those guys you just did. You're, you're never – like his – Entire career is just forgotten. Right? Yeah, Chris Moore. Yeah, yeah. He's, he he played with Stockton the alum. Hey. Yeah, and he stayed. He stayed on the on the Jazz for those two finals runs in yeah. 98 But he just he, Russell totally took his spot, and obviously, like well observed in this game. I thought Russell was great in this game. But um, Kemp was everywhere in that third quarter. Oof. I thought he had an excellent two way game overall, but especially in that third quarter, blocking shots, getting steals, rebounds, offensive rebounds, putbacks, layups, um, little driving layups. And, and that one lefty finish was his really free, nice. His free throws. I was surprised by yeah. just kind of the grace and yeah, the composure at the free throw line for Sean Kemp. Yeah, yeah, he has a kind of strange form where he like yeah. kind of yanks it back real quick but it's actually pretty effective uh big sam perkins came in hit a three oh. that gave seattle a four-point lead utah came right back with three million free throws cut it to one um and then at that point i, I started to think like okay this very much feels like a game seven it was physical yes. low scoring back and forth the you know, crowd is into yes it. yeah it was like okay this this is like a modern all game sevens even like the very modern era i mean look at 2016 
um, game seven, like it's 93, 89, I think was the final score. The Warriors and Cavs one. Yeah. They always are just lower scoring. I like guess just like the intensity just ratchets up. And that's funny because yesterday I had a practice um, with our high school team and uh, we, we played, we played five on five on five usually to finish practice. So, and, and if we need an extra person, I'll jump in and play. So I was playing yesterday and it's, we started going, we we're going to play for like 20 minutes. Then we're going to try to this kind of other drill, but like the intensity started picking up more and more, the more we kept score. And at one point, there was like four minutes left on the clock, like left from practice. And I went and stopped it. And I said, let's just go to 50. It was like, I think someone had like 38 at that point. So I was like, let's just go to 50. But from then on, it got even more intense because like now there's a target score, right? Uh, now there's like a, and, and you can just feel the possessions. The defense just ratchet up. The, the people are talking more, you know, like switching more on screens, like rebounding better. And it's all of a sudden it became a lot harder to score. At one point it got to 49 to 48 to 47. The three teams were all, everybody had a shot to win. My team had like three shots to win. I was trying to let, somebody else to score to it. I was like, I don't want to be the coach and like hit the game winner here. Let's but go. yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm like moving the ball, trying to find guys. We have three good shots to, to win it. All three miss them. Uh, other teams go down, miss shots. The team with 49 had got to 49 pretty quickly and they were just stuffed. They just could not score. And then finally the team with 49 eventually got a, got a layup and ended up winning it. But I was like, I love that. Like I got to play in that yesterday and then I get to see it right this morning as I'm watching this game. Like you just kind of feel it as the game Whereas on like there's less and less time, it just gets like more and more intense and more kind of in the mud and stuff like that. And I really like that. So anytime a Sam Perkins hits a three, it's like that's a massive shot. You Huge. Know? So yeah, I mean anything about that third quarter before we get on to the fourth? No, yeah, it's 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 exactly that. The the shots start feeling like if, if Stockton comes in for a floater, the yeah. floater gets tighter. He, like the guys are clearly fouling him, and he's it just it doesn't matter. And I, I love that. I love that. That that will always be the case, like you said, with Game Sevens and the NBA specifically. That it is probably my favorite thing in sports i love soccer to death it's i i like i prefer soccer over basketball but game sevens basketball is probably my favorite thing hockey too hockey too yeah it, it, game sevens and yeah, hockey and basketball are it, just so intense and and with with hockey sometimes it gets to the point where like teams are scoring too much it's yeah. like and it's even better yeah <laughs> it's awesome it's just like chaotic yeah yeah yeah, yeah, there really is. I mean, that, people, you know, use that stupid cliche like, "Oh, there's no two words like it in sports." Game, you know, game seven. seven, but it's true. I mean, it's like it's just great. So I hope we get a few more of those in the NBA playoffs this season. So actually, but, but I also love, I love the idea of, uh, especially as I've started watching soccer more and more and kind of opening my mind to different ways of playing sports. I really do like, you know, the NFL way, the NFL way of just one one off it yeah. that isn't that is crazy it does it does create a bigger spectacle yeah. yes it, it it also event, yeah. yes it also creates a um where like there's a lot of nfl playoff games that are just one-sided or shitty but it really does create this like all all or nothing type like win or go home that yeah. is cool definitely definitely yeah cool. I, mean, I can totally see why it's so popular yeah yes i mean it's the NCAA tournament right you know exactly exactly exactly, exactly. Thing. so uh, actually right before we get to the fourth i forgot to highlight that hersey hawkins three and then it's 71 60 and that was the biggest lead of the game Good for the team yeah, yeah. Um, and then it finished 73-67 after the third quarter. And I thought that was by far the most entertaining part of the game, that third quarter. That third that quarter, really, yeah. Really definitely good. the most uh, most action. Yeah. And kind of back and forth, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, middle of the fourth quarter was really sloppy. Uh, but a deadlift three made it 85-77. And that felt like a huge moment with just over five minutes to play it in the fourth. That, and that right there, with over five minutes left to play it, it's 85. 85-77. Sox don't do a whole lot more. No, they don't, yeah. So, so Utah was on a 7-0 run that, that finishes with a Stockton little runner. Made it 85-84 Seattle with just under two minutes left to play. So they don't score for over three minutes yeah. at that point. Kemp then uh, fouled out Carr on the next best chance one car. Oh, man. that was hilarious. He gets three fouls in like, like a so minute. So quickly, yeah. And, and the way he looks at the ref, like, I'm yeah. going to kill you yeah. after. And so he fouls him out on that play. Yeah, he did. I mean, how many minutes did he even play? I'm going to look it up real quick. I mean, that's yeah. like why he was there. It was just like, yeah. just, just 19 three. minutes. Fouls out in 19 minutes. Six <laughs> fouls in 19 minutes. And then, Two for uh, three from the field. I believe Antoine Carr still lives right here in San Antonio. He does. He does. Yes. His, was it his son that was on? AJ Carr was. Our brother's team? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Smith Valley. Yeah. 
yeah, so connections all over the place to, see the, to this game. Uh, but yeah, so that that foul obviously fouled out Carr. Uh, Kent makes both free throws, and so that gives them a three point lead. Hawkins then got a piece of that Hornacek jumper, which was a mm. terrible shot on the other end. But then Malone stole the ball from Kemp on their end. Peyton fouled Stockton to stop the fast break. Russell drove hard and then found Malone, who made a nice little reverse layup to make it 87 86 with 32.2 seconds left. Uh, Seattle then went to Kemp, and he was fouled, made both free throws to make it 89 86 with 13.9 left. Utah called their okay, last time yeah, out. This is, yeah. Yeah, so Utah calls their the... last time out, and they go to Malone. Uh, he gets fouled, but he misses both free throws, and then Hawkins got the rebound. Hawkins made the first free throw and then missed the second. Utah controlled the rebound. Remember, they don't have a timeout. Uh, they go the length of the floor. Russell misses this weird-looking three that he took. It's like a leaner three. I don't know why he didn't just shoot it regularly. Uh, he misses it. Seattle gets a rebound, and that was that. They're in the finals for the first time in 17 years. Final score, 90-86. to 86. So what do you have on that last little stretch there? Yeah, that's uh, actually one of my one of my awards actually comes from that that exact moment. Okay. So I don't know if you want to wait and wait on that. Yeah, hold, yeah, hold off on that. That yeah. 13.9 is famous. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I thought like in the end, Seattle felt like they were kind of in control for the vast majority of the game. So I, for it's sure. not like that surprising they held on. Utah could have done some stuff. I mean, like I said, they shot seven to 14 from three to generate a little bit more offense, but they were like, Seattle's defense was just so good. I mean, Gary Payton like caused nightmares for Stockton. Stockton still had a decent game. Um, he did. He did. But I mean, he just had to work for so every little thing. I mean, Payton just made him work for. So, uh, I thought that was really impressive from GP. Yeah, it was. And, and, uh, I'll, I'll say like Hornacek. If he like just there's a few times where he comes off like some sort of flare screen or is just just cutting off the baseline and he just just space like two feet more he'd be he just kind of getting Stockton's way or didn't quite know how to and that clearly yeah. that clearly got better because they go to the finals the next two seasons but it it always seems like that backcourt just like should have been a little bit more efficient with the two like because they're both good shooters yeah they are yeah so you would think that they kind of figure something out with spacing, but it seems like Horny was in no man's land, especially in that fourth quarter. Like, no, their, their that, spacing that was much worse. Stretch was like, yeah, it's bad. Their, their spacing is much worse than Seattle's. Like, I think Utah very much looks like a nineties team. They really do. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, I, I struggle to think of like, could that line? Could they come up with a lineup in that game that could play in like today's NBA? And it, I, I struggle a little bit to. Whereas Seattle, I think you could easily come up with a lineup that could that could match today's players. Oh like, yeah, put Kemp at the five, right? Yes. Or or my thing with Sam Perkins is like, man, if or he was Perkins, if, shooting, if he yeah. was playing today, he yeah. would just shoot five threes a game, and he'd yeah. be he'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, like you said, they have Peyton Hawkins and Shrimp. Yeah, that cha- that's huge. Yes. that's huge in any era. Well, Della Shrimp's six ten, so you yeah. can play him at the four easily. Yeah, you can, move you can Kemp just, to the yeah, five, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. or you know, you're giving Kemp a rest, and so you go Perkins, Shrimp, and then you know McMillan can come in and play one of the guard spots. Yeah, and, okay. Yeah. How about that too? So Nate McMillan's obviously coaching the Hawks now. Yeah, you got George Carl, who's been a Had legendary coached, coach. Yeah. Is there anybody else in there who's who's a coach? No, anybody else on really. the teams? Yeah. No. So so Nate's the only one who kind of came out. Yeah. And actually, yeah. yeah, it's like still a head coach in the league. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Gary Payton do that in college or no? I don't he, think so. he was never. I don't think he never coached. Maybe he did briefly, but yeah, not a head coach. He probably right. wishes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, sometimes you you see that and you watch these old games, like oh man, a bunch of these guys are still involved, you know, um, in the league. But that was not really the case with these, you know. Like it, they've mostly been kind of phased out. Yeah. Really. It's like when you really yeah. think it's like a little bit sad, but um, that's just the passing of time. I mean, twenty five years ago, it's a long time. Also, also, uh, also, that's what happens when you don't want to win a ring, and none of these guys won a ring. So. Right. Yeah, that's true. For, for whatever reason, we don't care about those. <laughs> yeah. We do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are some of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. Our, our guys who didn't quite get there. And I, I think Stockton Malone are kind of like the poster shot. <laughs> and Barkley. Of, yeah. Of the, like the never winning crew. Yeah. Iverson, maybe. Yeah. I think, well, I think those three are in a class ahead of, of Iverson. But yeah, those three are probably the three Chris best Paul, players without a if ring. If he doesn't win this year. Yeah. 
which yeah, we'll, we will Dwight, see. Oh no, Dwight Howard got his. He does, yeah. <laughs> but even he's not in that. Chris know, Webber, that yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Vince Carters, those are, they're kind of in another lower yeah. tier. God, you know, I wish but, Vince had one. Yeah, that's he, didn't, he didn't want it. He didn't want to chase it. But okay, so that's it for the game. Really, let's let's move on to our kind of five topics that I like to talk about. So this is gonna be similar to the uh, Euro podcast which I recorded. Uh, similar topics, but obviously the answers will be quite different. Um, and I'll, I'll tweak them a little bit based on kind of the sport. Um, and the broadcast that we watch. But yeah. uh, first thing, kind of fun thing, I, I on all the Euro podcasts, I gave my favorite shirt of the tournament because I love football shirts, but I also collect a bunch of basketball jerseys. So um, what we're going to kind of do is each of these games, is if I have a jersey of one of the players playing, I'll kind of talk about that or whatever, kind of where I got it and things like that. Or if I don't, I would say, hey, here's somebody I would want to get a jersey of. Um, so I actually have jerseys of all four of those main players. I figure. Um, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. this version of the Sonics Peyton one. So it's the white with like you know the big graphic, Sonics graphic. And then I have a 96 finals patch on it. Um, and then I have the older version of Sean Kemp. So right before that, where it's like that green. I like those. Yeah, yeah. I actually like those more um, than the kind of like in your face 90s one. But uh, I have that Sean Kemp. Uh, I like those nasty that. crimson ones the best. Those, yeah, see, those are like the most like 90s. Yeah, yeah those like I would never wear it. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like the most of its time. You yeah. Know? Um, and then I, I, like the, I like the Ray Allen ones. I think of Sonics. those. Oh, yeah, I like those a lot because they kind of went back to the original yeah, design. Yeah, Subway looking. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> Who's the first guy you think of when you think of those like crimson ones? I think of Desmond Mason because he won the dunk contest in this. Oh, yeah. okay. I like that. I like that. For, for I some mean, Gary re- Payton, obviously. For some reason, my mind that. went to, I, I should have known you were talking about Sonics, but my mind yeah. went to that Crimson Grant Hill Pistons one, uh, yeah. which is also very 90s. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a good call. Desmond Mason, for sure. They had that kind of weird cut. But, <laughs> Number 24. Um, yeah. I have the the next year's version of Malone. So the Jazz, this is the last, actually, this is the last game they wear these jerseys. Yeah. Um, they yeah. changed that kind of like mountain. super stylized mountain. Yeah, 90s one. And I have the Carl Malone one of that one with a 97 finals patch on it. And then I have the 96 all-star jersey of John Stockton. There you go. Um, so yeah, all four of these guys. That will not happen for three of these games where I have four jerseys of the players playing. Um, but I did think that was cool. So okay, if you could get a jersey of anybody in this game, who would you get? Oh, Sam Perkins. Yeah, big Sam. That'd be so cool. Uh, uh, would you get Sonics or would you get another team that you played for? Well, if I could, North Carolina, I think well, would be really sick. cool. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, the Sonics one, uh, yeah. I, I just When I was watching him, he was the one person who I was like, man, this guy would kill today. Yes, he would. <laughs> he yes, would he kill would. today. Uh, and lefty, I'm a sucker for lefties. Real crafty. I just don't think guys like him, especially playing on Sean Kemp's team, just get enough love or get get enough of the ball. It's like, man, he is a good passer too. There were a couple times where I was like, run, run it through him and Shrimp and let Kemp just run around yeah. off screens yeah, yeah. and shit. And do his offensive rebound. Yeah, I mean, that's what he's so effective at. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, yeah, just, it made me think like, oh, I would, you know, if I could choose outside of the stars of this game. Cause it'd be, it, yeah, it, it'd be it'd be Perkins for sure. Yeah, I mean shrimp would be cool. That's and, and like then the jazz, the jazz. Yeah, I don't know. Probably yeah. Russell because he was number thirty four. It's yeah. a little bit different. He changed it after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be kind of cool. It'd be like very rare. I mean, the, yes. I that. Yeah, but that'd be cool. But yeah, that, I like that topic. We're gonna keep that one for all of these for sure. Um, favorite player to watch from the game? Who would you go with? Well, there's not a jersey you would get, or you because you already. Oh, I mean, I had this. I guess I would say. Um, I guess shrimp. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it's like it's hard to Perkins is a good one. That's that's pretty good. Hawkins would be sick. Yeah, yeah. Thirty three Hawkins. Name it. Maybe Hersey cool. Hawkins uh Sixers from like earlier. That like weird design that they used to have those red ass. ones. But yeah. Is is Terry Stotts on the bench for one of these teams? I think he was for Seattle. I think I, think. I saw yeah. him what I was like, oh he's got more hair. Yeah. <laughs> I th- yeah, no, I think he was for Seattle. Yeah. Well Eric Snow also doesn't mm. play in this game, but he actually did play he's in the finals. He's on the Sonics, yeah. Yeah, he did play in the finals a little bit. Um, what what was that about? 
him playing against the Bulls, but not well, the Jazz? Well, Nick Nolan didn't play in a couple of those games. So, ah, yeah, okay, yeah. there you go. Nick Nolan was kind of hurt. And so, he, I mean, you could tell he barely played in this They game. talked about that in last night. Yeah. yeah, but that's, right. yeah, so Eric Snow does play in the finals. Uh, uh, so, yeah, favorite player to watch. Detlef, you, you just you okay. just said him. Detlef, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I love guys who are kind of unusually tall, and he seems, he's like in that, that, that build, kind of like Danilo Gallinari. Like Danilo is uh, real crafty with the ball and whatnot and can really shoot. And, and, and I like guys like Detlef who, especially in this game, are constantly looking for like back cuts and to find little holes. Working around Kemp, he's just kind of a genius. And, and I think guys like that just go under the radar far too often. But uh, he's clearly not the best player in the game. He's just kind of my – when I'm watching, I, I like guys like – I especially like European guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and I think if you were to do a draft, like – of your okay, I have a modern team and I'm drafting, you know, from all these players who played in this game. Mm-hmm. If you already have a star, I think he'd actually be my number one pick from this draft because he could just fit with any kind of team. Yes. You know, he just, he's like so much more malleable than like a Gary Payton is, you know. But Gary Payton's great, he's a better player. Sean Kemp's a better player. Um, I, and we, you know, maybe Sean Kemp, he could slide into this Atlanta team. I mean, how good would he be as like a role man, you know, exactly, uh, for this team, like with Trey Young, he'd be awesome. But I do think shrimp could fit more seamlessly with more different types of teams, you know, yeah. um, if that makes sense. But yeah, so my favorite player to watch, I would say Sean Kemp. I thought he had the best game. I thought he was the best player on the floor in this game. Uh, just had a really, really strong, I'll give you his numbers um, real quick. He finished with 26 points, which uh, led all scores, eight of 12 from the field, uh, 14 boards, one assist, one steal, uh, three turnovers. Gary Payton just turned the ball over a little bit too much, five turnovers, nine of 17 from the field, but had, played really good defense on John Stockton. Stockton and Malone both finished with 22 points. Um, Malone only shot eight of 22 from the field, yep. uh, missing those two free throws late. But yeah, I would, I would give mine to Sean Kemp for sure. Um, and so that, that moves on to the uh, next uh, little topic here. One random observation from the broadcast. So what do you have from that? Yeah, that's where I'll bring the 13.9 seconds back into play. <clears throat> when they're inbounding the ball, the Jazz, uh, before that weird Carl Malone, you know, just post up, uh, Bill Walton, Gumble, Gumble says like, uh, oh, they can go for two here, you know, or, or three, whatever, you know, like they have options. And Bill Walton's like, I beg to differ. They should go for three. Yes. And and, and I, I was, I said that I didn't say I beg to differ, but I was like, yeah, what? Like, no, you just, just you shoot for three. You're on the road. It's game seven. Like yeah. there's thir- 13 seconds. And you don't have a timeout left. left. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was crazy that they said that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So that time there was 13, right? When they got the ball back. So they yes. called their last time out. With 13 seconds, which okay, that leads to another part. I just remembered this. They they used a timeout. Do you remember that play? I think it was at the end of the half. It must be at the end of the half, yeah, because they're going the opposite direction. When Carmelone gets that steal where he dives and calls a timeout with one second left, yes. and they throw it into Brian Russell and he shoots a hook shot. It almost goes in. <laughs> and okay, that that, that was that whole that was part hilarious. was am- that was amazing because they talked about how that was becoming a part of like basketball now is oh players are starting to take timeouts like in the middle of games now, which is like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> revolutionary. Like, look out. Players are calling timeouts yeah. in the middle of the game. And that hook shot, and Gumbel says, like, Kareem would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. So basically, so this, so, but this, this plays into later part of the game. It's the end of the second quarter. Yeah, it's right before halftime. So, yeah, he gets it would have tied the game. Malone gets this diving steal, and he calls timeout with point one, but they ran too much time. So they actually go back and put one full second on the clock. Yeah, yeah. They have it, like, half court. And they don't really even like try to like run anything. So like coming out of the timeout, it's like they just get it to Russell, and it's like 
he could have just like you know taken a kind of a normal shot, but he I mean, he genuinely shoots a hook shot from half court. It almost banks and it. Goes, <laughs> it goes bank rim rim out. I was like, oh my god, that would be crazy. So it would have tied the game. That would have been a huge shot. Obviously, they end up losing by four, so like that makes it closer. And then that timeout leaves them only having one late in the game. Yes, exactly. And so they don't have one after this one. So yeah, because you don't have a timeout, you have no other way to advance the ball. You have to go for three right there. Like I just don't understand. And you have guys who can shoot. You have players who can actually hit threes. Like like. John Stockton has proven he can he can hit a pull up three like at any point in the game. So I thought that was so dumb. So they go for the quick two. Obviously Malone missed the free throws and and that was that. So so was that kind of your random thing from the broadcast? Yeah, that, that, yeah. that and then and then the fact that after the game ends, the Ahmad Rashad interviews oh, yeah. Carl Malone. So weird. So yeah. so so before before going to Gary Payton or Sean Kemp or anybody on the Sonics, they go straight to Carl Malone. Shoots eight for twenty two, misses the two free throws, and I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was. Uh, something that you just would not see now you would not see uh lebron after losing like a really tough game on the court like losing just saying yeah it was tough you got to give them credit for playing really hard we just didn't have it it's like no you missed two free throws yeah yeah and and i thought it was yeah like a bit poetic i thought it was really nice i i love honest you know post-game interviews and you know press conferences like ginobili's game six 2013 but that is Maybe an hour, or maybe even an hour and a half after the game has yeah. ended, he's like showered. Yeah, 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 and he's able to kind of collect cross. his thoughts. Yeah, Carl Malone is like not even phased. He's just yeah. like, yeah, all right, you know, and like we'll be back next season. It's like what? And and part of that was very odd, but a modern child does a great job. And I thought also, how interesting would that be if they did that today? If yeah, well, okay, so I, if Luka Doncic <laughs> was was interviewed after losing game, game seven, yeah. yeah, I'm laughing, I'm laughing at myself here because I'm, I was just imagining Draymond Green after game seven of like 2016. It's like, can you imagine interviewing him like the second? I mean, it would have been great theater, but I think they just simply like wouldn't allow that now. Like, no. I think the Players Association has some, there's something like where it's like, okay, we just don't, we just won't do that anymore. Like, it, I mean, the media, I mean, and I get why they're doing this. This is not like a complaint, but they're so like player friendly now. Like, oh, we want to make sure everybody's comfortable. You yeah. Know, like, that they just, like, wouldn't do that. And so I did kind of enjoy that. It was just like, this is just part of the job. Like, I just have to do this as Carl Malone. There's know? pros like, and cons to it, yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like he could have said no. And this also shows Ahmad standing with the players, right? Like, if Ahmad yes. Rashad kind of pulls you over and is like, hey, can you do an interview? Like, almost all the time, the guy is saying yes, you know? Like, he was just so cool among the players. I mean, he was, like, friends with Michael Jordan, like, hanging out with him outside. Yeah. Of, which was, like, definitely crossed the line of, like, journalistic integrity. But but it's, like, it made for a much better relationship with the players and made it just, I don't know, I thought it was, just, like, a little bit more fun. But, uh, yeah, that was, like, shocking that they interviewed Malone first. I thought that was so couldn't, crazy. Couldn't but it was cool. I actually, I, I did like yeah. it, too. And then they go on to the other guys. Yeah, Car- think, Carl, I, eventually, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the fans are just going nuts the entire time. They just stay yeah. there. No one's leaving. They no come back out. The yes. players come back out. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. They, they show a little footage of like Burkowski in the locker room. Right, Burkowski. Going yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, that guy's about to get real drunk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Frank, Frank Burkowski got in the game, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Him and Carl get into it. Yeah. For, he played five minutes. There. That's right. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. He no, he, he's uh, not a guy who'd make a roster today, but. Like one of those classic uh, enforcers. Yeah. And I, I love guys like that. <laughs> Comes in for five minutes, busts some heads, and gets back out of there. Yeah. Um, for me, I, the thing from the broadcast I enjoyed, I liked the kind of random like graphics that they had, like that Carmelone free throw counter, the decibel counter at the beginning of the game. Oh, they had that, so know, bad. Yeah, that was Brown, cool. Brown was uh, like, what is yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. That little meter just And I was like, oh, to see how loud it is. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> we all want to know how loud it is. Oh. Uh, I thought that was cool. And I actually enjoy, I used to not like this, like when I was younger and I'd be watching these games. But now that like we're in this era of like you know they're constantly being a scroll on the bottom of the screen's always there i liked when there were stretches of play where the scoreboard is not on the on the television like Same. i understand why they don't do that now because like if someone's just like turning this on they don't want there to be just like not be a score and like people have no idea what's going on in the game but i enjoyed it as somebody who i know i'm sitting down to watch this entire game 
I don't need to know the score every single second. If and like you know, you line. know. Yes. Like, if you know, you know. It's I have like, a sense of where it's going, and you know, yeah. Yeah, I thought of a, uh, you know, I thought of one of our one of our uh, mutual like favorite movies of all time, fa- uh, Social Network. Whenever they're talking about keeping it exclusive, keeping Facebook exclusive amongst like certain schools, like Stanford, Harvard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. keep it there because exclusive is cool. Yeah, that is that that is what's cool, and and. <laughs> I, I felt that way watching this game. I feel that way watching a lot of, you know, older stuff, even if it's just from 25 years ago, where there's like, if you're in, you're in. And if you're not, sorry. Yeah. Like yeah. If, you, if you don't know that it's 80 to 77 right now, that's on you. Yeah. Like if you, Otherwise, you, sh- you should have been keeping up. Keep up. Come along with the ride. Yeah. And if you get left behind, like, I mean, maybe you just don't care that much. You yeah, know? yeah. You're not really in the club. You yeah. Know? And, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's also like Big Lebowski. And he's like, you're, you're, you're just out of your element. You yeah. can't just walk into a story. Yeah, <laughs> and expect to know what's going on. You know? You're on the down. Yeah, you got yeah. you got to watch. You got to watch the game to know the yeah. ebbs and flows of the game. And if that, like, if the time and oh, how many fouls and all that really matters to you, like that, you're, you're probably not probably not organically yeah. watching the well, game. Okay, so that is one thing that does like that does help. And they didn't really do much of it all in this game. It was like no, like showing those graphics, even if it's not up all the time, but like that kind of game reset, they did it once. Yeah. Where they tell you how much timeouts, because like, you're not tracking that, obviously, like even someone who's like super into it, how many timeouts are left for each That's team. That's difficult. But yeah. I do like, I do like that they put that up every once in a while. They could have done it more in this game, because like down the stretch, it was weird how it just kind of like ended, you know, like you're so used to today's games, the last two minutes, especially of game sevens, there being just like reviews and guys bickering and complaints. And the, the last like two or three minutes kind of just, it just naturally happens and ends. And it's like, and then the game's over, you know, yeah. there's no like grand drawn out, you know, craziness. And, you know, it was just kind of nice to just like have a game flow. And I thought that was like a big part of like why I was enjoying it. But um, okay. A couple more categories to go. Did the right team win? I think so. Um, they're the better team on the nights and the better team in the regular season. So yes, I do think. Yeah. Um, plus Sonics and Bulls finals. It was an odd series. The Bulls go up 3-0. Um, that's kind of what happens after this, obviously. Bulls go up 3-0. Sonics win the next two games in Seattle. And then the Bulls win game six back in Chicago. Um, but they were the two best teams throughout their 95-96 season. So I'm glad they got to meet in the finals. Um, do you think the right team won? Yeah, definitely. And then when learning that they were also up 3-1, you know, they just kind of had a stranglehold on Utah yeah. for most of the series. Uh, yeah. And, and they are, like you said, they could hang kind of in any era. They could figure out George Carl's a good enough coach and they have adaptable players that could kind of figure out how to play with against anybody and and you know watch the last dance kind of pissed me off because they kind of like made fun of this team and that's that's bullshit they, they got two games off of them yeah, yeah they got two games and and nate mcmillan like wasn't even playing and well and had know. they had they put peyton on jordan earlier maybe it would have actually been different you know maybe i think it both win the series probably yeah, no matter what but agreed but like it may have gone seven it may not have been three i just can't point. stand that the narrative of like everybody jordan played was just weak as hell he made him look like trash and it's like well then what's the then he's not the greatest yeah he played against a bunch of trash that makes no sense yeah and and gary payton is so damn good and you know as far as competitors go he really is if you like really love sports you cannot help but fall in love with gary payton and just his his pure tenacity well and then kemp has a better series than jordan in the finals Oh like yeah, he's one, finals, finals MVP. MVP. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he outplays. He he's the best player in the series. I, I think like Kemp's like numbers are, are Jordan. Jordan kind of has like a weird like it was a little bit down series for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like kind of like the way people people don't remember correctly. Some guys like uh like that one or like Kobe in 08, but they're yeah real quick to jump on LeBron for 2011. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean that one's really really bad. The LeBron one. But it, but it seems like it, it's, there's not like a fairness within the greats. I think Kareem also 
had a couple has indeed, a couple yeah. finals where he's he's just shaky as hell in some games. Magic obviously has mm-hmm. eighty four, yeah. and it's know. like it's like we pick and choose, and it's like oh Jordan's not allowed, we're not allowed to pick on him. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I mean that that's kind of what comes next, I and mean, that's like kind of the last thing I kind of want to get to is like obviously the 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 Jazz the next two seasons make the finals against yeah. the Bulls, and you know those are the teams that they're remembered for, but they had they had multiple really good chances in the nineties, you know, throughout the course of that that decade, and th- that shows the longevity and the greatness of Malone and Stockton that they could in their you know fourteenth and fifteenth years go on to the finals and, you know, Carmelo's winning the MVP in 97. It's like, that is one of the greatest things about them, but also says something about, we have multiple drafts in a row that just aren't very good in the nineties. Yeah, and yeah. like where, where, you know, guys should have been in their sixth and their fifth and sixth seasons where you're really starting to you know, reach your peak as a player. You know, that we have multiple drafts, like those guys just weren't very good. And so they weren't reaching those peaks. Or, or it's Chris Weber, who's like wasting away in Washington and like has this like odd start to his career before he hits his peak. Yes. Um, and this, this young wave of like the Duncan Kobe KG, they're just not good enough yet. So, you know, they're not, you know, you know, Shaq is not quite, you know, at that level yet where you can, you know, carry a team to the finals. So um, it's kind of this interesting era where there were probably some championships somebody could have stolen, if not for Jordan's just unbelievable greatness, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like the, this science team in, in like maybe just the year before or a few years later could have easily won a title. And I think that was my one big takeaway. That's kind of the last topic um, that the league and the game looked quite a bit different in 1996, but the Sonics could have easily played in today's NBA. And I think that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's not always the measure of greatness. Like I, I don't like to just do that time travel thing where it's like, Oh, they could have played today. So therefore they're better. But like the bulls were better then, you know, the bulls also could have played today. I mean, for given sure. their, oh, their personnel, they could be even better. Um, yeah. But there are teams who, I mean, like I'm trying to think of an example that, you know, was like would not be better today, but that still doesn't take away from their greatness. The Rockets, Hakeem's Rockets. Yeah. Right. I don't think, I mean, they, they even they are a little bit modern though, too. I mean, to be fair to them, but they bad, did, bad boys, they, Pistons, bad boys, Pistons. Yeah. Yeah. Would and not the, be better. Jazz, would yeah. not be better today, but that shouldn't take away from how great they were during their time. You Correct. Know? So I, 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 I don't know. I, but I the think, songs, I think could have done both. I think those 80 Celtics teams would have a hard time keeping up with some. For sure. For sure. They couldn't <laughs> have played all three of those guys together all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Talking um, about Burry, McHale, and Parrish. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. No, it's it's super fun to look at. Whether it's put guys in the 80s or put guys in the 90s or put those guys in today's game. It is it is a fun game to play. But you know what's really fascinating about the Sonics? Is, and this this is kind of like a, a weird little mind fuck, is... They they leave 0809 is their first season. Okay, uh, they moved to OKC. I know. Just twelve years later, they're gone. It's so crazy. twelve yeah. years. It's all, we're almost at the middle point where the Sonics from '96 to when they leave to OKC is 08. almost the same amount of time yeah. from now until they've been the Thunder. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It's really yeah. weird to think about how you've obviously lived through all of that. Um, and I was I was one when this this game we're talking about '96. So my life has spanned over that. But half of it, they're the Sonics. Half of it, they're the Thunder. Yeah. It's yeah. really weird to think about. And what a damn shame! Yeah, it is. watching Key Arena, and we've 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 walked right past Key Arena. It is in such a cool area, and you can just tell. Oh man, I, I bet this was crazy. Oh, yeah, I bet this was so cool, and and that that just fucking sucks. They deserve yeah. a team. Well, hey, I, they're getting the Kraken next year. They're, that is going to be crazy. I know. They're an NHL <laughs> yeah. team. I mean, they're going to be yeah. They're going to be. It's bonkers. perfect. It's going to set the stage for the NBA to be like, okay, we got to finally do this. You know, yeah, like, they fill out a football stadium for their soccer team. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah. They're, they're, it is a sports mad city. It is a culture city. Yeah, yeah, it's a city that's like, give us stuff to do, to root for, to be proud to of. To join together and go yes. and cheer for it. Yeah. And then Oklahoma City, like, yeah. <laughs> they've they've got a great crowd and, and all, but it's like, yeah, it's like everybody in the whole town is there, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. it, is not, it is not a basketball city. It no, is not, not a, it's not really a cultural, like, oh, this is a fun city to go visit. And I, I thought about that a lot. I was just thinking about, man, like, what if Durant, Harden, and... Westbrook, where are the Sonics and Ibaka yeah. and 
And what if Shea Gilders Alexander was playing for the Sonics right now? Like, how cool would that be if they if they had all these draft picks instead of fucking well, OKC? I, I think about how Golden State, with new ownership, has become because they're in Silicon Valley and the business opportunities has become, and also you know, Steph like being great and then being a good team has become this like free agent draw, right? Because like, oh, well, like it's not just like on the court. Like, like Iguodala talked about that. Like, there's so many opportunities off the court. KD too, like mm-hmm. off the court for like you know entrepreneurial you know things. Seattle's the same thing. It's exactly. like think about that off the court opportunities. You know, for Seattle, like it would become a free agent draw, unlike Oklahoma City. You know, so exactly. Yeah, no, it's a shame. I also thought about you did that kind of time thing. So like the Sonics make the finals in '79 and then not again until '96. Uh, yeah, and then '96. So that's what 17 years, and then '96 to 12 is 16 years. That's you know? crazy. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, although they're not like technically. Yeah, I don't know what to do with the history because Oklahoma City like basically doesn't. They take like if you go on Basketball Reference, they are the same franchise. Okay, but like they don't put any Sonics banners in their building. And no. so to me, the second the Sonics become back in the NBA, they will take that history, and the Oklahoma City Thunder will just be 08 to whatever. You know, like does that make sense? Yeah, like I think they'll be having their own almost like identity. Um, so yeah, that's that's always been interesting to me. Is like what do you do with the history of the Sonics? So there would be a like gap. there's no there's no Sonics championship banner up in. Oklahoma City. Yeah. Which is a shame. They've won a championship. But or any of the retired numbers or anything like that. So yeah, that's that's really annoying. But but yeah, I mean that that was a really fun game. I, I thought like there'd definitely be more entertaining games than kind of like ones with bigger stakes, maybe, or ones that have more iconic plays in it. Um, but I thought that was a good one to start with because it's just it's 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. It gives you a nice snapshot of what the league was like at the time. It's not a Bulls game, which like anyone yeah. could do. You know, like yeah. people do that all the time. Um and I wanted to honor these two teams. And so I thought that was really fun. So you have anything else before we go? No, yeah, I just, I, I love, I love looking at um, s- something that's super, like you said, super, super niche because of someone like Jordan, who kind of eclipses everybody culturally. The, I, I like looking kind of in the nooks and crannies for different things, and it definitely got me interested in watching um, maybe some second round games from that year, or kind of checking out other teams. I, I do think, like my my main thing that I couldn't stay away from was. Like if I, if I, especially if I were coaching, like so many of these guys would have different tasks. They'd have different jobs. They'd have different identities on the court. Uh, like you said, Irvin Johnson, just, I just wouldn't play him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and Detlef would like, dude, you are going to space the floor like you're Ryan Anderson, yeah. you know? Uh, and then I'm going to give you the ball and you're going to run pick and rolls with Sean Kemp, you know? Uh, and at Hershey Hawkins, you are sitting in the corner, you know, I'm going, you're going to create space for you. Yeah. Gary we're going to use your value as a good shooter and like yeah. actually space the floor better. And yeah. Gary Payton shoot the fucking ball. Yeah. Like, like shoot, <laughs> yeah. shoot threes, dude. Like shoot it. Like let it fly. Like let it happen. And, and the jazz seven to 14 from three. Yeah. <laughs> crank that up to crank that up to 14 for 28, you yeah. know, like just crank it up. And I, I just would coach them way differently, play way faster, have way more balls. Like, and then on defense, I would be guarding guys higher and forcing them to make decisions. It, I just would do stuff. The tasks would be way different. Yeah, you could you could tell that the Sonics wanted to run more, but it was yeah. just that game just got ground down, which you know a bit of a credit to Utah, but oh, and and credit yeah. to Game Sevens, like you said, where yes, it just, it just happens inherently. Yeah. yeah, and there are trade offs to those strategies, right? Like because the game is so cramped, it is it's harder to score in the paint. Like it was harder for some of those guys to actually get something going in the paint than it is now, where it's like once you kind of beat a guy, the floor is so spaced. Like you know, at max, it's a one on one at the rim. If not, you're just having a layup. You know, so like that that is kind of the trade off, right? There is like a little bit more. The paint's a little more you know precious area, you know, than it is today. Um, but I, I would take that trade off 10 times, you know, out of 10. Me too. It's just the game is much more open, free, higher scoring, you know, better shooting. And and the skill level of some of the players, I mean, it's just like some of the shot making guys do today as opposed to like that one like kind of semi step back that Gary Payton hit, which like it was kind of weird footwork, but he, he made it kind of on the baseline. And they're like, oh, a step back. And I was like, 
I mean, that was like a step back. I mean, back? That, that's made yeah. every third play now. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, from three, you know, like those if you don't shots, have a yeah. step back, you're like not an NBA. Yeah. You like yeah. shouldn't be an NBA yeah. player. Yeah. Jokic. I'm working on that with like yeah. fifth graders, you know, like that. It was, seriously. I mean, it's like, that's, that's like to the level with uh. which the skill level has improved. So, but yeah, I, again, I don't want to turn this into, cause like, this was a fun game. Like these are very good players. I don't want to turn this into like, Oh, they sucked back in the day. Like, cause it, I'm not like that. It, and it's not really, there's beauty fault. in all types of games. Yeah, It's, it's not necessarily no, no. like Gary Payton's fault. It's, I really would. It's just it's the, the coaching. Way. It's the strategy. Yeah, yeah it's the strategic yeah. part. Of and, and, and I'm not saying Sloan and Carl are idiots. It's just we were just so slow to react to like the three point line and the skill level and some of that stuff. And the, and the rules were slow to change to allow some of this stuff. Sloan, Sloan's working with not a whole lot. No, I know. Yeah. And so, so yeah, like you said, give credit to him for slowing the game down, for yes. like making it a grudge match. Making it, yeah. What's the best way for my team to win? You know, yeah. he did a good job of that. And so. he and he did that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. So. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, that's that, that's it for this episode. Um, so I want to thank Austin, obviously, for joining. Uh, this next one, we don't know. We're going to kind of jump around different sports. But yeah, like like Austin said, I mean, I'm the same way. Basketball and soccer are definitely like my favorites. And so it'll lean those ways. But it will be fun to talk about sports that aren't those two. Like if we ever watch a baseball game in full, like, that'll be fun to talk about well, yeah, like a baseball game. We were know? really into baseball as kids. And yeah, I sure. would love to do, you know, like a 2003 Marlins versus Cubs, you know? Yeah, yeah. You the Bartman the, game, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moises Salou getting pissed. I mean, there's so many to choose from. I mean, tennis match. I love tennis. Like, oh, I mean, an old tennis we could match. Do, we could do the third set between Djokovic yeah. and Nadal just the other day. Yeah, yeah. and th- there's so many between those three and, and even yeah. an earlier era. That would just be so fun to do. So be looking out for more um, different sports as we move forward. But, uh, but for now, that's it for this episode. So thanks for listening, and uh, be back next time. Thanks. Peace.